thing you gave me was time. You didn't really know me. We were from the same neighborhood and area, but I was with a group of guys that wanted to go to college, wanted to play ball. And you actually gave us that reality that, hey, this could actually happen because we saw somebody that was like us and that we wanted to become. Recruiting is about relationships. It's built on trust. It's built on doing the right things. And it's built on your head coaches and your athletic director, their vision. And I think we have two great leaders, both of those positions. So it makes it easy for me to go out and, and do what I do. Be aggressive. Let's win. Here we go. We've had the opportunity to have coaches, athletic directors, school presidents, conference commissioners, um, and, and it's been much more, for me, much more than I thought it would be in terms of a learning process, in terms of a, a situation where I thought that I was being forced into something, but, but it's been really a thrill for me. And so to have you on, a person who is not in the world of sports, but definitely a sports fanatic. <laughs> I'm excited about that part. So the first thing I wanna do is I wanna allow you to, to talk to us about your career, where it started and where it is now. And you can highlight it, but mm -hmm. I just wanna know what got you to this point in your career? Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me on. Um, our relationship started because I reached out to you many years ago and went, whoa, you are like defensive coach of the year. Like, you know, you deserve a head coaching job. I, I was just very impressed with you. And it turned out that you became more of a, um, a help to me as my two sons were getting ready to play college football. And I needed a lot of, I needed a lot of help in that area outside of my amazing husband who knows everything and anything you need to know. Um, there were a lot of things that I also needed to know too. And um, you were incredibly helpful um, with a lot of those things that laws and rules that were changing as we spoke. Um, and so I am very appreciative and I'm very grateful that you've had me on, that you're having me on your show. Um, first and foremost, I am a UCLA grad, very proud of UCLA. Um, I just literally got off the phone with my professor, um, the head of our communications department. And it's kind of fun because I'm now representing people who helped me in my career and I'm now representing them. So it's interesting how the pay it forward works in this, in this world. And um, mentors of mine, I get to be involved with, with their careers. So that's been really exciting. Um, I went from UCLA, um, where I had the most incredible, the eighties were phenomenal. Um, UCLA won two Rose Bowls and the Fiesta Bowl. And that's where I met my husband, Ron Pitts. Um, and then I took extension courses and started working for a manager, um, who worked in the unscripted world. I didn't really know what that was, but, um, he packaged big shows like people's court and represented comedians and actors. And then from there, I was hired by William Morris to be the assistant to the head of the broadcasting department. And from there, we started a company and out of my department came Matt Lauer and Greg Kinnear and Julie Moran and 
a lot of really Tom Bergeron, a lot of big national host talent. Um, so my job was to take news anchors and develop them for hosting, which no one had really done before. So that was exciting and fun. And um, we had a lot of success. I mean, at one point we had about six syndicated shows. We had talk shows, magazine shows, and that will never be repeated. Those were the glory days uh, because the environment that we're in right now doesn't even allow one or two big shows to get launched anymore. Um, and then I was hired by ICM to run their broadcast department. And then from there, I was hired by IMG to run their West Coast office in broadcasting. And that is where I was introduced to the sports world in a business way. We had several departments, um, licensing coaches, athletes, 30 departments, 30 countries. It was one of the largest companies in the world. And they sent me to Wimbledon and they sent me all over the country and um, put me on phones with people from India and China. And so I really was inspired. Um, there was a gentleman named George Pine who ran our company, who was phenomenal. He now has a son playing at Notre Dame and he had another son playing at the University of Buffalo. And he was the one who started IMG Academies and he was very inspirational to me. And he really believed in me and um, just enjoyed my time with him. And it was just one of the most phenomenal businesses I've ever been a part of. Um, I'm now at Innovative Artists, which is really, really exciting because I run um, their hosting department and I work with coaches, I work with athletes, I work with actors, comedians, experts, anchors, reporters, executives, directors, and producers. Um, so everything under the sun in the world that's not acting except what actors who do want to host. So I have a lot of actors on my roster who are nationally known, who want to do talk shows. So I do mag talk shows, magazine, I do experts, I do every aspect of the business, everything from MTV to network news and everything in between. Um, I've had an incredible journey. I did not, I always tell everybody that it's important that you enjoy the process as much as the outcome. I never entered into UCLA thinking I was going to be an agent. I don't even think I knew what an agent was, um, but I do know this. I was uh, really, really impressed with the sports world and I got to see my husband get drafted um, into the NFL. He was drafted to Buffalo and then I'm, yeah, yeah, that's right. He was drafted to Buffalo and then he ended up playing in Green Bay, which was phenomenal because he's a second generation Packer and his father, who I know you know, Elijah Pitts, um, he played in two Super Bowls and coached four Super Bowls. And I was incredibly impressed with his um, passion and how humble both of them are. Um, the thing I loved about my husband's career was watching him as an NFL athlete working for free in Buffalo and Green Bay at the television stations. And then when he came to California, he would get up at four o'clock in the morning and drive to Orange County. And he did a show called, uh, he did a lot of things for free just to learn experience. And um, he ended up doing a show on El Segundo Cable. And that ended up getting him, um, that tape was sent to Dennis Swanson, the then president of ABC Sports. And he was hired right out of the NFL. 
Um, so I was really, really um, impressed with the way in which his career went. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because at one point I wanted to be a sports reporter and I wanted to be either, you know, in the management office of an NFL team and or, you know, actually broadcasting the games because I was so passionate about sports. Um, and I realized at that point, I'm probably better behind the scenes <laughs> <laughs> being bronze agent at the time or you know um, then being the on-camera talent and I think when I saw Ronnie light up the screen and saw his presence um, I realized that maybe I'm just better behind the scenes so that's what happened yeah well I just listening to you the the story the story is amazing uh, to have the opportunity to represent your husband uh, and kind of, I would always say to my wife, kind of boss him around. Uh, just no <laughs> opportunity to do that. But let's talk about let's talk about your career, and let's talk about people because you alluded to it earlier. But people who have influenced you, and on this podcast, we're talking about leaders and leadership. H how would you, or let me rewind, who would you say in your career has been the best leader that you've been around? And what, what things have you taken from that person and, and, and that you use today in your career? You know, it's so interesting because I've been asked that before. And I have to say my parents, my friends, and my family. And I'll tell you why. When I was a younger child, my mom and dad just inspired me every day. They told me how important I was and how I can conquer everything. If I was a waitress, you know, I was going to be the best waitress. You know, if I was um, anything I did was so well loved and respected by my parents. My mom taught me uh, how to be unselfish and, and to be compassionate. My father his goal for me was, I don't want you to be anything but happy. Um, there was not a lot of expectation for me in the sense that my mom didn't go to college. My dad didn't go to college. And so when I went to UCLA, I mean, they were so proud, um, but, but they weren't, I never felt like I had to prove myself in any way, like whatever I did, they were going to be proud of. And I think that's so important. I want to quote Mike Martz, who's a very good friend of ours. Um, Coach Martz, obviously one of the most successful coaches um, in the NFL. On, on the field, he's amazing. He's a great coach. But what he told me that, I, that stayed with me for a long time was, you'd rather have a happy child than a successful child. And that really hit home, especially with my own children. Um, but I felt like my dad had that same philosophy. Um, and then after that, it then became uh, my friends. Um, uh, my friends have been my friends from high school, elementary school, college. Um, I've never had so much love and support as I have from the friends that I have made through my childhood. And so they have been uh, leaders for me. They've taught me how to be a good mom, a good friend. Um, and then most importantly now, I would have to say my husband and my two children. Um, and it's a really interesting question because I thought I'd have a hundred ideas about the industry. But when I look at my life, uh, starting with Ron, years ago, he told me that I was replaceable. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you're supposed to be my support system. But he was trying to prepare me for what would have and what did have 
happened in my career, which was the different things that happened when mergers happen. For example, right. when companies are bought and and I, I want to give you a couple of football analogies on that because you only are as good as your last game. A new head coach comes in, there's a new quarterback. And so you are replaceable, even if you are or feel like you're the best that you can be in the business, there's always someone that can replace you. And I was a little ignorant, I think, um, to think, or maybe I was innocent, maybe ignorant wasn't the right word, to think that if you work hard, you play hard, and you do everything right, that you probably won't be replaced. But my husband was just not trying to be disrespectful. He was trying to prepare me for what happened to him in the NFL and what could happen to me in my world. And when I look at both Lee and Shay, who are my absolute heroes, I mean, I am so proud of them, not necessarily for what they do on the football field, but in terms of their perseverance and their grit and the way that they handled themselves off the field. Um, I think they have taught me so much about myself. They've made me really look at myself and be really honest about certain things. Um, Cause I'm this positive, positive, I'm going to change the world. And, you know, Lee in particular is very, very, um, very businesslike about things and looks at both sides of the situation. Um, both my sons were not, as you know, we discussed this, they were not offered scholarships out of high school, even though they were incredible of what and how they carried themselves on the field. Both of them earned scholarships and um, really worked hard. I mean, the discipline and the loyalty. And one of the things that I really respect, and especially too, when I look at Lee and his career and what he's taught me about leadership was that he was loyal. You know, during the pandemic, he got up at four o'clock in the morning. I tell people this story all the time because it's important. Um, to drive to a practice that was not required by the school because he felt like he needed to be a leader and keep everyone together during the pandemic. Then he came home and worked eight hours and then he studied for hours until midnight. And he just showed me how much he loved the game and how disciplined he needed to be and how passionate he was. And as we talked about, Lee's playing D2 football at the University of Sioux Falls and it's very gritty. You know, they had an eight hour bus ride um, to go to the game, play in the game and come back and eight hours later. And I just see his discipline and his focus and his passion that it, it makes me not ever feel sorry for myself. And I look at, right. you know, the blood, sweat and tears. And the same thing with Shay having broken his back when he was in high school and rehabilitated himself and challenging doctors and get to the point where he literally you know, walked on and earned his scholarship. So the loyalty that both of them have for their team and their coaches, the loyalty and respect that they have. Um, and, you know, and I look at Ron in the way that, you know, sometimes I'm envious of him because of the way that he gets to lead the family, because I've never played the game before. You know, I have my own philosophies about integrity and values and things of that nature, but Ron can talk to them in a way that I can't talk to them. So I think if you lead at home in your home life, um, those are the best people. And I, you know, the best teachers for me have been my family, my friends, my husband and Lee and Shay. Great, great. So you as a leader, you have a staff, you have people that you've that you've been in charge of leading and directing, how would, how would they describe you? And 
And has that leadership style changed for you over the years? No, I'm the same person I was in, in when I was working at restaurants at Buttercup Pantry and Mr. Steak. I'm a cheerleader. I was a cheerleader. So I love I remember when I first got to ICM and I was in my first meeting and I was so excited to be at the company. And I was like, well, we did this and we did this and we had this deal going on. And um, someone pulled me aside and said, we don't cheer here at the company. <laughs> that's not what we do. And I go, well, hey, that's how I do it. That's how I play. Um, so I think to be, to be very candid and honest with you, um, I am nothing in this business without my support staff. Um, they are the ones who are the unsung heroes. They're the ones who work tirelessly. It's not their name out there. It's my name. And so um, I have, I can't, could not be where I am today without the people who supported me. And those are the people who work directly for me. Um, I would think that they would say that I'm honest. I've taught them about integrity and values and passion. Um, I drive them nuts because every day I want to do something new. I want to learn a new business. I want to learn about new people. So I keep them on their toes. Can I keep myself on my toes? I'm, my job is my hobby and I'm so passionate about it. So I think I wear them out. Um, I'm also really big about celebration and celebrating everything. And unfortunately, during the pandemic, we haven't been able to do the kind of celebrations that we've done in the past. But people will tell you that my office is decorated for Halloween and Cinco de Mayo and Christmas and Easter. And um, we celebrate our deals with these little stupid talking little bunnies and we've turned them on and we annoy people. Um, you know, because of the pandemic, we haven't been able to do that type of celebration, but I want people to have fun and I want people to have a life outside of this business. Uh, my the people that work for me do not work for me on weekends. They do not work for me in the evening. Uh, they are in and out because I want 24 seven from them. I want them rested because it's like playing in a football game. It's always fourth and inches. And, and every time I get a hundred emails and I re return them, I get a hundred more emails and phone calls off the hook. And so they know, I mean, I must be one of the toughest people to work for in the sense that um, I want to learn everything. And I know that um, they they are very respectful. I mean, on my birthday this year, um, I, my uh, both of the people that work for me, Olivia and Madison, um, surprised me. And um, I got this big cart um, that Madison put together. And on the cart was all of these snacks and all of this food. And she wrote me the most beautiful letter. Um, I had never met her. She'd been my assistant for almost a year, like one month to a year. And we've never met each other because we weren't allowed to have interaction with our team for all that time. And she was so concerned about the fact that I have, I never get to take lunch. I never eat. And um, she said, you're so busy taking care of so many other people that I want to take care of you. And so I was really moved by that, um, how selfless um, both Olivia and Madison and before them, everyone that worked for me, we always had fun. First and foremost, we always had fun and we were respectful. And I always go to them and ask them, what do you think we should do? Should we sign this person? Even when I hire someone new to my department, I do not make that decision without them. And I think that's super important to give them that kind of respect and um, 
just being respectful about their their opinions and making sure that you know it's interesting they could be my children this is the first time in my career where i actually have people working for me that are my son's age and i don't know it all they know a lot more about a lot of things that i don't know so i'm i'm very respectful about that so 2020 and now we're well into 2021 but 2020 was in many respects uh, an, an amazing year, right? A, a, an unforgettable time. We talk about social injustice. We talk about the pandemic. We talk about all the things that our society had to uh, withstand. And when you think about, I know, I know my world, right? I know what happened in my world. But when I think about your world, the world that you live in, it was affected as well. How has the past year's moments affected you as a leader? What are the things that you learned that you realized that the ways that you grew uh, in the last year or so? Well, there are a lot of things that happened. When this first came down, none of us knew how long this was going to be. I think we thought it was going to be a couple of weeks and then we'd be back in the office. And when we realized that that was not the case, I talked to my staff and I said, look, this is when we roll up our sleeves. This is when we become the sanity that's not around us. It is our responsibility as agents and as people who are representing people's livelihood right now for us to be strong and for us to make sure that they feel very confident that we have everything under control. So yes, are we working tireless hours? Yes, are we working? I mean, I'm working like I'm an assistant at the William Morris Agency with no overtime. Like I literally am working 24 seven. People can get me on my phone at any time. They're emailing me at two o'clock in the morning. New York is calling me, you know, whereas before everything was very, very, we have lunch from one to two and people call you and your business meetings are very specific. Well, this was every which way but loose. And this was Groundhog's Day. Um, so I had two options, either, either I could call, crawl into a ball, I mean, I'm still sitting in the same place, same moment, looking at the same window as almost two years ago. And what, what I decided was, no, this is when people need you to be your best. This is when you really, you know, you, you're going into that end zone, you're fourth in inches and you need to score. So how are we going to do this? You know, and, and so we figured out really great ways to do this. Um, the communication with the buyers was very intimate. We talked about our families. We talked about, you know, in my household, um, I was in my room. Um, Lee and Shay were in Ron's office taking their classes and doing their football meetings. And Ron was doing a podcast and doing another Instagram show in the living room. Um, and so, um, you know, there was this incredible dynamic in my house but then there was some crazy things that went down like they'd be taking showers and the dogs would be jumping on me and they would be brushing their teeth and they're like i know mom you're on a zoom and i was like holy crime like i have no privacy like at all and so there were those distractions but the the positive thing that came out of that was the intimacy and and i dealt with a lot of really sensitive issues during this time um for a lot of my diverse clients, whether they're executives or whether they're athletes or whether they're host talent, this was like ripping the Band-Aid off. This whole thing was so traumatic for everyone that 
there's a lot of wounds that have not been healed um, throughout the years. And not just because of the incident that happened that destroyed our heart and, and tore us apart, that we as a country had to watch a man die in front of us. Um, that, you know, that was just, we can never unsee that. And maybe that's good that we can't unsee that. But what it did was it opened up how a lot of diverse people feel about their jobs and where they are in their career. And they're like, okay, now you've seen this firsthand, you've seen somebody die. So a lot of people, mental health issues are super important right now. There was a lot of depression. Um, a lot of things did not improve. I mean, today people say, yes, we had this interview and we interviewed diverse people and check a box. I mean, we're not even halfway near where we need to be. Um, even when you look at what happened with the coaches in the NFL and how they were not replaced by different coaches. So we're dealing with a lot of things across the country that has opened up and, and has, I mean, when, when I talked to diverse executives and talent, a lot of them were really, really hurt by this. Um, but it opened up wounds. It really did. And I think we're healing now. And I know that it's our goal for us to get better. But the awareness that we now have is super important, you know, that, you know, that people understand how serious this is and what people go through on a day to day basis. And, and if you don't walk in those shoes, you don't know. And, you know, because I am married to uh, an African-American man, I see the world through his lens, which I think is great for someone like myself who grew up in. Northern California in an all white community um, and never having the uh, exposure that I have today. Um, so I'm very sensitive. And I think that's what makes me a really good agent too, because I understand, I understand. And it still hasn't really changed as much as I'd like it to change. And I see things that other people, my lens is different than other people because of my family situation. Um, but is my hope and desire, because I'm an optimist, that we can use this as a learning opportunity to be sensitive and to um, open up our hearts a little bit better than we have in the past. And, I, and that's, that's what I, as I've talked to different people, as I've talked to student athletes that I deal with daily, that's the hope, is that, that our country, that we can learn we, over, over the course of this country's existence, we've gone through quite a bit. And we always grow stronger after we have things that we go through. And so I, I appreciate those words. Well, Babette, it's, uh, it's been a fabulous time to be able to get with you, to be able to uh, discuss just a little bit of um, your world. And of course, it's a world different than some of our other guests. Um, and so, and so I, I love that perspective because many of the things that you talked about, they're the same things that athletic directors talk about. They're the same things that coaches talked about. They talked about um, taking input from their staff. They talked about the importance of, of working together to come to decisions. And, and so I think it's, it's, it's good that we see um, things from a different perspective Right, see them from again. You're a sports person, so you gave us even some sports analogies. But the world you live in is just like the world that I love in. Living, you, you treat people right, you treat them with respect, you do everything you can to be the best that you can be. Because, like you said earlier, it's fourth and inches every day, <laughs> and yeah. 
And when you do that, you find success. So again, I appreciate you for being on and uh, I appreciate your friendship. And I hope that, uh, that you guys continue to, to have all the success that you've had so far. No, I appreciate that too. And I appreciate your integrity um, and your family situation like in my house is very, very similar. Um, I mean, it's not brain surgery in, in what we do. It, it really isn't. Um, it is about being respectful. It's about having integrity. Um, you know, sometimes I've sacrificed certain successful opportunities for myself because I I made sure that my value system wasn't compromised by the job that I do and, and things that, that I live for. Um, so I think, you know, in closing, I think the most important thing is like, if you, you're really winning, if you have good family, good friends and, um, and a good heart. And I don't mean to sound so like, you know, Hallmark card. I always make that analogy. But that's who you are. You know, but that, I, that's who you are. That's how I would describe you as, that's who you are. You know, you're, you're, you love your family. You do things the right way. And from the moment we, we met, that's what, what I've been incredibly impressed about. So um, it's beyond refreshing to have the opportunity to let other people hear from Babette Perry. Well, thank you so much. I'm really, really appreciative of your time and your friendship.